أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد By Allah's Father we have reached the last Ashara of Ramadan uh, This is the the time in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a special gift of manumission from the fire. Whoever asks Allah ta'ala from his fadl and his mercy, Allah ta'ala will commute his sentence or pardon him from the fire. Uh, this is something that's, there's a nadir and a, and a likeness of everything um, from the akhirah in this world. And uh, so you see that there's a dispute right now as to whether the president can pardon himself or not. And he pardons all sorts of bizarre and criminal people. Um, that pardon is a fake pardon and in and of itself is a crime which will be recompensed uh, in full on the Day of Judgment. The pardon of Allah Ta'ala is the real pardon. That there's nobody who can then appeal or repeal his decision once it's made. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to write us from the utaqa, from the fire, and those whose necks are freed from the chains of the fire, and that those whose hisab is not taken on the Day of Judgment. Allah Ta'ala give us from his fadl. That being said, there's a special hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in which a hadith, uh, sorry, a dua is described, which is the dua that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala asks, or the, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, said is the sunnah for the last 10 days and uh, that dua is allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni it's okay you can repeat it inshallah especially those who don't know allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni oh allah you're the one who forgives a complete forgiveness and uh, you love, uh, uh, and sorry, you're the one who forgives uh, complete forgiveness, and you love this complete forgiveness that others should forgive one another. So forgive me completely. So forgive me completely. Allahumma inna ka'afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. So there are slightly different wordings that come in the different hadith or for different occasions. Uh, you would say fa'afu anna if you're in a group in the plural. Uh, however, uh, this this dua should be your companion uh, in these nights. That uh, a person who uh, a person who uh, is in these nights, they should say this dua in those moments that they're not able to pray, in those moments that they're not able to recite Quran, in those moments that they may not have wudu, they cannot touch the mushaf. Some of our sisters are on menses, and so. Um, they feel uh, they feel bad that they're somehow missing out on on a part of their Ramadan, and the fact of the matter is is that uh, you're not mix, missing out on anything. Uh, rather, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, like He wrote for every uh, one of His creation, a different action and a different law and a different Sharia. Allah Taala wrote for you that this is the time that you are not going to pray, and this is not the time you're not going to fast. However, in not praying and fasting in those times, there's a great benefit and a great secret. And the benefit is what? Is that the one who's not fasting and not burdened by the weakness of the fast, they can serve others who are fasting. 
and the one who is not burdened by the uh, uh, by the uh, necessity to wake up for the prayer times, maybe it's easier for them to pray throughout the or to to wake stay awake throughout the entire night because they don't have to wake wake for the prayer time, so they can segment their sleep um, in a more flexible way. And all of the adhkar, all of the adhkar, the the sisters can do. And dua, a woman, even if she's in menses, she can still do. And dua is described as the mukhul ibadah. It is the it is the core, the 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 center, the core of of the worship of Allah is to ask. Uh, that the 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 whole hajj, all of it is dua, and the 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 prayer, you know. The highlights of it are du'a. The part of the prayer that a person is closest to Allah Ta'ala is in sajda. And that sajda, it's mustahab, it's recommended to ask Allah Ta'ala uh, in that time. Uh, uh, the, likewise, the, 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 the siyam, so many times in it are times that du'a is accepted. So you have the, uh, the ability to make du'a. So make tartib, make schedule of your time. Don't just take the uh, take the ayam of hayd of mensis as if like it's a vacation for me being a Muslim or whatever, or that it's a time to just chit chat or, or or blow off this time. This time is Mubarak so much so. One sister asked that I have a, a ticket to go to the Haramain Sharifain, and should I just cancel it and you know go some other time because it's going to be during my uh, mostly during the time of hayd. And I said no, go. Go take the ihram from the miqat and go. It's a mubarak place and it's a mubarak time. And make the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, La ilaha illallah, and take the divine name Allah Allah, and make dua and uh, you know, read the other masnoon adhkar and duas at, at that time and focus your heart toward Allah Ta'ala. There's even a dispensation in the Maliki school, it's permissible for a woman in her hayv to read, uh, uh, to read the. Uh, read and recite the Quran itself and I know it's a difference of opinion so obviously we respect the other schools as well that don't allow that but uh, there's a rukhsa even in the Maliki school for the sisters who follow that that you know you may not be allowed to touch the mushaf but you know the mushaf the the legal ruling of the mushaf is that book in which more than 50% of the written words are Quran so uh, a book that has both the Arabic text and the English translation that doesn't carry the ruling of the Mus'haf. So as long as you don't touch the Arabic part, you can even read from there and recite from there. Um, and so this is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, uh, that you have uh, all of these ibadat that you can do. So take time and don't waste it. You know, don't, don't, don't waste it. Even for our other brothers and sisters, I know some people have school and some people have work and some people have responsibilities. Some of us, Allah Ta'ala has given from His fadl that we have this time to direct our tawajjuh toward Allah Ta'ala, our focus, uh, our concentration toward Allah in these Mubarak times. Other people don't have that ability. If you can only sit and make dhikr or make ibadah for five minutes, then make sure you don't miss it. And if you do that with diligence, Allah Ta'ala will give you the barakah in those five minutes that other people don't get their entire night. There's so many people that they have time off. In fact, they're sitting right now in the masjid in i'tikaf. And the fact that they have so much time off and the fact that they're in the masjid and the fact that they're in i'tikaf and the fact that they're uh, 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 quote-unquote you know, focused on worshipping Allah Ta'ala, um, it becomes a hijab between them and between Allah. In the same way that the hair, you know, the 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 the, the fable of the tortoise and the hair, uh, the hair, uh, the speed of the hair was a hijab between that hair and between winning the race. 
so so don't don't be uh, uh, don't be uh, fooled by by what you have or take it for granted and those people who have very little don't be fooled by thinking you know having very little is the same as having nothing uh, they're very different things and yom qiyama very little will uh, will will be a lot nothing however will still be nothing so uh, uh, you know take advantage of what you have and uh, uh, focus on the uh, uh, focus on uh, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these last night nights don't waste your time uh, laughing and giggling or or you know spending this uh, time as some sort of uh, cultural you know like the most wonderful time of the year uh, christmas tree light up but like muslim edition uh, don't don't make it into that so much of the ummah has made it into that don't make it into that uh, uh, lest yawm uh, al you you regret it and uh, Allah Ta'ala, even if He forgives all of us anyway, there will be a difference between those who did what they were supposed to do and those people who had himma, and those people who had courage in order to do more and more and gain more and more from Allah Ta'ala's love. And the hope is that whoever is listening to these recordings, at least either they're a salik, either they're a person who's made their intention to, to make the most important thing in their life traversing the path to Allah, uh, or they're at least people who aspire to be a salik or love the salikin. Uh, and and to love a qawm is to be one of them. Al maru ma'aman ahabba. A person will be with the ones that they love. So 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 let that courage, you know, push aside. You know, people will waste your time. If you go to a worldly person and you ask them, um, you ask them, hey, uh, uh, you know, can I hang out with you, or can I come over to your house for dinner, or you want to come off over to my house for dinner? Um, uh, you know, when they have finals or when they have some like sort of big. Uh, uh, thing to do at work, they'll be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy. But Muslims, mashallah, the bearded and hijabed ones, uh, you know, like to play pious idiots. Uh, uh, how that, you know, when people want to waste your time in Ramadan and they want to waste your time in the last 10 nights and they want to waste your time in these few Mubarak precious hours, uh, we're the pious idiots who say, yeah, come and waste our time. And they have no uh, uh, concern and no value for it. And if it's something of value to them, they would never give you uh, from what they had. So yes, I agree. People should have uh, good adab and good etiquettes and they should be nice and kind to one another. But you shouldn't feel bad about, you know, uh, uh, not wasting the little that Allah has given us. And these moments are uh, the little that Allah has given us. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, spending the time is just the beginning of the journey. What to do in that time, there's there's a lot more progress that needs to be made. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. So I wanted to continue. There was just a little bit from last night's, uh, uh, from last night's discussion with regards to patience and difficulty in the path of Allah ta'ala that we weren't able to finish. Uh, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to uh, uh, finish that and then read another hikaya inshallah. Uh, so the ashar are related that Allah Taala grants so many bounties through suffering patiently. He grants so many gifts through suffering patiently. Such bounties which has not entered into your mind. And this is what this is the uh, 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 this is this is this is a restatement of the the words of Allah Taala. Inna the people of patience, they will be recompensed without any, without any, uh, uh, without any account. Meaning that 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 jannah, which is going to be filled with the delights that no eye has seen, nor has any ear heard, nor has any mind ever thought of. Um, this is the bounty of those who have had patience. Such is the blessing of patience 
thousands of medicine has thousands of medicines has Allah created, but none such as patients uh, have seen, been seen by Sayyidina Adam or his children alayhi salam. Whoever adopts patients has in fact acquired the high rank of Siddiq, of the one who is true of faith. So Siddiq is who uh, Allah Ta'ala, he recognizes in his book four, uh, four stations, uh, uh, four stations of, of, of greatness. Um, the, the lowest of which is the Salihin, who are those people who are given the tawfiq to observe properly the, the sacred law and not uh, uh, not be uh, negligent or, or uh, uh, f- falling behind in any commandment or prohibition of the sacred law. And then uh, 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 the second is the shuhada, those people who gave their life that the word of Allah Ta'ala could be made supreme in the land. Uh, 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 and the, the next one is the siddiqeen, those are the people of wilaya. Those are the people who uh, have re- reached a, se- a special level of Allah's love and sainthood. That they gave everything they had for the sake of Allah. And so Allah gave them back something better than they could have ever been. That they have a supernatural level of, 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 uh, of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, that, that can only come from his, from his supernatural help. And then above that, the only rank that's above the, the, the class of the Siddiqeen, of the true faith ones, is that of, of prophethood, the Nabiyyin. Whoever has adopted patience has in fact acquired the rank, high rank of the Siddiq. The Prophet ﷺ has said, Allah does not love, uh, Allah, that Allah does not even grant uh, iman, faith, to the one in whose temperament there is no patience. Sayyidina Ayyub salam for seven years remained patient and pleased with Allah's guests. Who is Ayyub alayhi salam? Ayyub is, in English, the, the, the name of Ayyub is uh, uh, Job. And Job, if you read about him in the Bible, and if you read about him in the Quran, he's the one who uh, was a pious and wealthy man. And he wasn't from Banu Israel. But because of his piety and his wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and his shukr that he would give to Allah for all the blessings Allah gave him, he was known even to the Banu Israel as, as this is a man of God, that this man loved Allah Ta'ala. And it's very rare, there are very few people that, that the Banu Israel you know, respected and that are mentioned in their, uh, uh, in their scriptures from outside of them. Uh, and he was a, a, a rich man who Allah gave from every blessing. And uh, he, he loved Allah Ta'ala so much that he showed beautiful thanks to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And so uh, 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 the objection in the Mala'ul A'la in the uh, um, Mala'ul A'la was made with regards to him. So Sayyidina Ayyub salam, in the Mala'ul A'la, the, the, the question was asked that he's a, a beautiful slave of Allah Ta'ala, but you know maybe he's only so thankful because he was given so much. Meaning if he was put into a hardship like other people are put into hardship, then maybe uh, he would show some different character or different color than the one that he, he had shown. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afflicted him with every, every, sort of, every sort of difficulty. That he lost his family, he lost his wealth, he lost his health, he lost everything. So much so to the point where uh, he uh, uh, um, he had parasites like worms and bugs that were eating him alive, and uh, he loved Allah Taala so much 
that even those bugs when you know it comes in the the tafsir and in the, in the tafsir of his story that even those bugs when they would fall out he would pick them up and put them back in uh, out of his love for Allah's creation that they should not uh, starve or they should not feel any pain on his account rather he endured all of his tribulations patiently uh, uh, and never complained against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all uh, and uh, uh, he showed all of the creation that doubted in him and that hated on him that he's only a pious man because of his uh, because of his uh, 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 wealth or whatever, which we oftentimes think we say, if I had that much money, I would be pious too or whatever. And uh, the fact of the matter is, very few people are are that pious. And wealth is ghinan is 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 referred to in the hadith of the Prophet as mutri, the thing that makes people crooked and makes people go astray. The more wealth a person has, if they're able to go astray, uh, able to stay straight, uh, this is a sign of, of of a very rare type of piety. Otherwise, most people when they get everything they want. They, they just go crazy and they think they don't need Allah Ta'ala anymore. So, uh, uh, so the, 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 the verses say, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Allah does not grant iman to the one in whose temperament there is no patience. Sayyidina Ayyub Alayhi Salam for seven years remained patient and pleased with Allah's guests. Meaning what? The parasites that were eating him alive. It is related that when Sayyidina Ayyub was saved from this calamity and he became healed, someone asked him, <clears throat> Sayyidi, when were you more pleased? Was it at the time you were suffering in misfortune or the time you were healed from your calamity? He replied, Thanks to Allah that He granted me the bounty of good health. But during the time of this calamity, every morning and every evening, a voice reached me from the unseen. A special voice reached me from the unseen asking me, O Ayyub, how are you? And this was part of his test that he would be asked, uh, how are you uh, uh, regularly? Why? To see is he going to complain against Allah Ta'ala or show his anger or displeasure with him? He, and look at, look at that, that, that's a t chance to complain. If, you know, if a voice from the unseen is asking you for something, then that's your time to say what you want or say what you need or say what you're, you're feeling uh, because that doesn't happen to everyone who's suffering. He replied, Thanks be to Allah that He had granted me the bounty of good health. But during the time of this calamity, every morning and every evening, the special voice which reached me from the unseen asked me, Oh Allah, how are you? Uh, and so this, is the, this voice is coming from what? It's coming from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, This voice reached me from the unseen asking me, Oh Ayyub, how are you? Sayyidina Ayyub said, What pleasure and ecstasy was there in that voice? It is such that numerous lives would be sacrificed for it. Asking after my well-being uh, was such that it made me forget all my misfortunes which I suffered. The heart now longs for that voice which has now stopped. Meaning what? Just hearing Allah Ta'ala that Allah was concerned for him, that Allah asked him how, how he was. He said just to hear that voice, it made him feel so much better despite the fact that the parasites were eating him alive that it caused him to forget his, his, his calamity. And this is a, not a, uh, uh, something that is unique amongst the Ahlullah. Uh, uh, rather, the prophets, all of them were like this. Don't you remember the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, who as an old man used to remark that the days that I was burning in the fire, that he was tossed into a fire and burned uh, uh, because of his objection to his people's worshipping idols, 
he was burning in the fire. It comes in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. It wasn't that they burned him for like an hour or two. And Allah Ta'ala said to the fire, Be kuni bardan wa salaman ala Ibrahim. Be cool and be, uh, uh, be, be uh, whole for Ibrahim salam. Rather, he was burned in the fire for 40 days and 40 nights. In his old age, he remarked that, I used to miss that time because Allah Ta'ala gave me special sustenance from him. He was receiving a supernatural type of sustenance which made him not need to eat or drink. And not only was the fire uh, cool for him, the fire made him feel an ecstatic state that he would pray and uh, read Salat and Allah Ta'ala sent a jamaat of, of angels to pray behind him. And he spent this 40 days and 40 nights in this ecstatic state uh, uh, in, in which the special help of Allah Ta'ala came to him because of the special type of grief and difficulty he had to go through. And this is, uh, this is mirrored through the, it's mirrored through the experience of Sayyidina uh, uh, Ayyub alayhi salam that the parasites are eating him alive. And when Allah asks him, how are you? He feels uh, such an ecstasy in, in that, that, that connection with Allah Ta'ala. Imagine that, that you know, the awliya of Allah, most of them will worship Allah for a lifetime and never hear, hear from him or see him. That Allah Ta'ala took the time to even speak to him and ask him how he's doing. Uh, uh, it made him feel such a, a rush and such a, 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 a spiritual uh, ecstasy inside that it made him forget about all of his difficulties and burdens. This is something, obviously, the Anbiya alayhim salam, their rank is very high. And so the, 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 the awliya of Allah in this ummah, you know, they can, you know, use it as a, as, a, as a map or as, you know, sometimes you say shoot for the stars, land on the moon, that at least you can use it as a trajectory with which to aim. But this is something also it happened to our, uh, uh, our mashaykh and, and our akabir also uh, throughout every generation, throughout every generation of the, of the ummah. Sayyidina uh, 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 Sheikh uh, Mulana Mazhar Nanotawi rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala who was one of the, 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 the original founding uh, uh, asatiza uh, uh, in, in, uh, of the Akabir, uh, the generation of the Akabir of the Darul Lum and Deoband who are the people that we take the, the, the tariqah from. Uh, and, you know, maybe someone listening has their own shaykh and whatever. The tariqah is all one tariqah. As long as it connects to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, take the advice and the instruction from your shaykh. But all of all of them are, are ours. Don't say that that's their group and this is our group. That's their masjid. This is our masjid. That's their madrasa. This is our madrasa. Uh, that's their shaykh. This is our shaykh. That's their tariqah. This is our... No. You take from where you take from, alhamdulillah, there's no problem with that. But when you look at the entire ummah, everyone is ours. Everyone is ours. All of them are ours. Whoever is doing good, whoever says La ilaha illallah, whoever speaks the truth, he's ours. Uh, even if we never heard of him or saw him or, 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 or uh, met him before. And anybody uh, who's on the batil, even if they have the same sheikh as us, or even if they call themselves the same name as us, and even if they pray right next to us and they live right next to us and they're you know, uh, 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 you know, close to us in relation and in style and in school and name and everything, if they're people of batil, if they're spewing nonsense and falsehood, then we have no uh, connection with them. We're as far away from them as the east is from the west, meaning the never, never the two of them will, will, will meet. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is the one to be praised for, for having connection with the haqq. So Mawlana Mazhar Nanutwi rahimahullah ta'ala, he participated in the battle of Shamli against the, uh, against the colonizer, uh, which took place in North India. And uh, a great number of, 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 of mujahideen fi sabilillah, uh, many of whom were, were ulama of the first rank, 
and uh, people of Vicar and people of uh, of Wilaya of Allah's sainthood. Many of them were martyred on that day and left for dead in great piles. And Mawlana Mazhar Nanotwi was also shot uh, on that day, and and he was uh, in such a state that you know people passing by thought he was dead. And so he mentions that he saw the 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 Hurain coming and going from shaheed to shaheed from those who had passed away and uh, uh, giving them to drink and those who were dying and those who were passing away giving them to drink from the water of jannah and uh, 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 he uh, uh, was known for his whole life he had a, a, a what people just thought was a nervous tick that he used to flick his tongue on his uh, on his lower lip uh, uh, and people just thought it was like a nervous tick that he had or that maybe he was unaware or, or, or involuntarily doing it or, you know, some sort of neurological issue or whatever. And so he, uh, uh, you know, which is normal, those things happen as well. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, so, you know, once he once he told his uh, his companions and his students that uh, I was there on the field of Shamli and I was injured uh, grievously and I was left for dead. And uh, uh, then I saw the Hur'ain going from person to person, giving them to drink from the drink of Jannah. And one of them, they held the, 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 the container to my lips. And uh, then the other one told her to pull it back because it's not his time yet. Uh, and so he said that he tasted from it, the sweetness, and she, uh, she pulled the, the jug back. And uh, he said, though, but a drop of it touched my lip. He says that every time uh, my my lip touches, my tongue touches that part of my lip, I, it still tastes sweet to this day. And in his old age, uh, uh, that he still tasted that sweetness. And this is a man who used to teach the hadith of the Prophet wasallam as a profession. He used to teach the, the books of ilm and fiqh and usul and things like that. Uh, um, something that we, you know, I guess we don't think of as like spiritual or whatever, but he dedicated his life in the service of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this was his experience. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, these types of ecstatic experiences, they happen to those people who give everything that they have. When their entire nafs is wedged out of themselves, uh, their entire ego is completely wedged out and beaten out of themselves. Um, then uh, when they go through such calamities, because they have nobody else to help them, they don't even have themselves to help them. So Allah Ta'ala says, I'll help this person. And if you want to take care of your business yourself, then, uh, uh, you know, go for it uh, and, and let me know how it turns out. Uh, the next hikayah that we'll read is 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 a, is a illustration of those type of people. When a person suffers sorrow and misfortune, he should not complain or utter objections. This is most disrespectful. There is no objection in taking treatment or complaining of the pain of the body. The lover of Allah should not, however, object or have aversions to Allah who sends the calamity. The verses are quoted, Because sorrow and comfort are handed out by Allah. Hence complaints and objections are disrespectful and kufr. It is essential that the slave and bondsman should sit at all times and be satisfied with what the master decides, as the master is in full control and can do as he pleases. Uh, now I close the subject by, subject by quoting a few other lines of poetry. May Allah make us his true slaves and grant us the ability to act in accordance to pleasure. When in, the love, when in love, the complaint of the beloved is not appropriate. For me, there is no injustice in any of his actions. Outwardly, though it may be a calamity, but it is in fact blessing in a disguised form. 
that calamity in which there is goodness for us is not really a punishment. The love of the slaves of Allah cannot reach perfection until the blood of evil desires is not shed. You go through the calamity and it kills, it kills a person's evil desires. May that which is pleasing to you, Ya Allah, also become pleasing to me. What would I do with that pleasure which is not accompanied by your pleasure? How can I say that pain which is in my heart of your love is not a gift of yours? He who is not blessed with this gift remains unaware of your glory. Do not rejoice over my tears of longing for him when I am distant from him. O you uninitiated in love, you have not as of yet experienced the pain of deep-hearted love. Whoever you witness giving his heart and soul uh, gold and uh, silver, O Akhtar, believe that he has not tasted the sweetness of the love of Allah. Inshallah, uh, we'll read uh, one more hikaya, inshallah, and then uh, be done for the night. There is uh, such little time uh, in these summer nights for ibadah. And this is the story of the saint uh, on the mountain. So a certain uh, dervish, uh, a certain salik or traveler on the spiritual path, once went up a mountain pass and made a promise to Allah. He said, I am turning my back on all worldly connections. Now I shall remain here in solitude, busy worshipping you. When I feel hungry, I shall wait for sustenance from your side and will not ask anything from any person. I will not pick any fruit uh, of the trees of this mountain, but in the wind, if any fruit falls from the trees, that I shall eat. For some time he remained steadfast on this promise to, test, uh, to the test that came from Allah's side. The test came along because in his vow that dervish did not say, Insha'Allah, if Allah pleases. The omission of Insha'Allah gave a sign of the dervish's pride and arrogance and overconfidence in his own courage and ability. For this reason, the punishment for his deed involved, uh, involved him in a great test and the nur of his heart had left him, so that the ability to bear the difficulties of hunger became lost. Allah ordered the wind not to blow in that part of the mountain. For five days the wind failed to blow, as a result of which no fruit fell from the trees. The dervish suffered unbearable hunger. He could no longer have patience, and the hunger made him feel weak. He was forced now to break his promise to Allah, and he began picking the fruit from the tree to eat. When that happened, Allah punishment, punished him because it is he who commands, O Fubil Uqud, carry out your covenants. This is what happened. A group of thieves came to hide along the foot of the mountain. Someone informed the chief of police that, of, that of the nearest town that a group of thieves were hiding in the mountain. Before the uh, police could arrest the actual thief, uh, or thieves, he uh, the the officer an officer saw the dervish uh, and thought that he was one of uh, that band of thieves. Hence, he immediately arrested him. The dervish made a big noise, protesting in his innocence and proclaiming that he was not a thief. But the police officer and the other soldiers did not listen to him. The punishment was that they they the punishment that we they were to meet out to him was that they were going to cut his right hand and his left foot out. Uh, which is uh, uh, it's it's the punishment uh, for brigandry. Uh, if you steal something by um, stealth in the Sharia, those are the people who, if and when they get caught, uh, uh, the the had punishment is amputation. Uh, for the one who steals a robber or brigand who steals um, uh, by threat or by violence or by killing or by the threat uh, thereof, 
um, that that one that one the the punishment in the shara is that their right arm and their left leg should be cut off and they should be crucified. At some time, uh, after some time, uh, or after a small amount of time, a traveler had passed that way, and when he had saw what had happened, he uh, scolded the police uh, officer and the soldiers. He said, "You dogs, what have you done to this uh, saintly dervish?" He is a saintly man and a wali of Allah in our era. He has broken away from this world to settle in solitude in the mountain. When the police officer heard this, he began trembling in fear. Obviously, that's not the case with the police officers, Ilaman Rahimah Rabbuhu, anymore. Uh, now they pick on the Ahlullah. There was a time in which the Ummah, if somebody knew that a person was striving to have connection with Allah Ta'ala, they used to respect them and they used to fear doing anything of harm to them. Uh, there are many sins that uh, may be punished in this world uh, or, or or may be forgiven or may be punished. And they may even be punished in the hereafter, but they're not going to result in a person having their iman taken away. Making an enemy with uh, a wali of Allah, uh, this is uh, a, a sin that Allah Ta'ala says He declares war on such a person. And when Allah declares war on them, it's an expression meaning that he no longer wishes well for that person anymore. So oftentimes the people who make an enemy of a beloved person of Allah, one of the punishments, one of the many punishments is that they, they'll have the iman snatched away from their heart and they'll die on disbelief, which is the worst punishment of all because it entails going to Jahannam forever. So he said, when the police officer heard this, he began trembling in fear. And he thought, oh my God, what, what have I done? Uh, uh, in fear and with great grief and sorrow he came to the dervish he bore his head and bore his feet and cried bitterly over the mistake he had made saying I swear I did not know that you were a saintly man I made a mistake and considered you one of the thieves for Allah's sake forgive me otherwise I will become uh, 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 I will become the subject of Allah's anger and become destroyed the dervish replied brother it is not your fault I am the guilty one I broke my promise to my lord and for that I have been given this punishment the, the verses are, are quoted. I know the cause of this and my inner self is aware thereof, that for which sin of mine this befortune, misfortune befell me. I broke my agreement with Allah and as a result, the punishment for my deeds was the severing of my hand and foot. The sincere ones are at all times in danger. In Allah's path, there are great tests awaiting them. Such promises and vows should not be made which you cannot fulfill and do not sit in places of danger where you are bound to be tested with trials. The lesson. Firstly, a person should never take an oath for anything which is against the sharia, like saying, I will not eat or I will not drink water, etc. The oath of the dervish in the question, in this uh, dervish in the story of was of this type, that he made all these oaths to oblige things on himself that were not uh, commandments of the sharia, that was an excess on his part. Secondly, a person should never depend on his own courage and strength. In all matters, one should depend on Allah and seek His help. And this is a deeper and more profound lesson from this hikayah, which is that, that you, when you set out to do something, when you set out to pray, when you set out to fast, when you set out to make hajj or umrah, or to give uh, sadaqah, or to do any matter great or small, don't put the trust in yourself. Rather, put the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any matter, great or small, have the tasawwur and the, the, the conception inside of your mind and your heart. That this thing is impossible without Allah Ta'ala's help. And at the same time, have the conception in your mind and in your heart 
that with Allah's help, nothing is difficult. Uh, and this is what was missing, that this person, uh, uh, this person in the story uh, uh, was one who, he had great courage, but he put the trust in himself that because of my love of Allah, I will do this and I will do that and I will do the other thing. Where the fact of the matter is, is that had Allah Ta'ala not helped us, we wouldn't even be able to pray Salatul Asr, much, more, much less any of the other great things that we are expected to do in this life. Uh, raise children, raise families, die with Iman, any of these things, none of them are from our own doing. It's for this reason that the Shaykh of our Mashaykh, the Shaykh al-Arab al-Ajam, uh, Haji Imdadullah al-Muhajir al-Makki, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, who is the Shaykh of the, the, the Akabir Mashaykh of Deoband, he, uh, uh, he, they say that he used to, uh, you know, with his Lord, be like a baby. Nothing that would happen that he needed or nothing that would pain him would he uh, uh, spare uh, a complaint to Allah Ta'ala. He would complain to Allah Ta'ala about everything, not about Allah, but about things to Allah. Anything, any small amount of difficulty he went through, any, 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 anything that he went through, he would say, Ya Allah, this is so difficult. Ya Allah, give me your help. Ya Allah, this is so hard for me to bear. Give me your help. Ya Allah, this is so, so difficult. Give me your help. Why? When you complain about Allah, then you cut the bond between you and him. But when you complain to Allah, he's the only one there's any benefit in complaining to. If he gives you from his help, great things become possible. And if he doesn't give you from his help, then, then little things become impossible to a person. So this is the path, this is the path shown to us by our, our Akabir Mashaykh. Don't put trust in yourself. Put trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This doesn't mean not to do great things. But even in small things, don't put trust in yourself. Rather, put the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If, uh, if one intends to do anything, one should always say, inshallah. If for some reason one forgets to say so, then the moment that they remember, they should then say, inshallah. One must remember at all times that without Allah's power, nothing can take place. This is the meaning of la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. La hawla, right? The reason there's a fatha on the lamb of hawla and a, a fatha on the tamar buta of quwwata is la li nafil jins, meaning that there's no force and there's no power of any type, big or small. In existence, the entire it's a categorical refutation of, of 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 the existence of any force or power. There's no force in the world nor any power in the world uh, except for with Allah. Meaning, there's no force that can stop a person from destroying themselves uh, spiritually. Nor is there any power that can give the person the uh, uh, the, the 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 ability to establish the obedience of Allah, except for through Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Malana Hakim Akhtar quotes the, the, the verses, uh, Allah's one atom of favor is much better than a thousand efforts from the obedient ones. Meaning our own efforts and our own deeds that quote-unquote we think of as coming from ourselves, all of them are worthless. They're like, they're like the, the seeds of the dandelion uh, uh, floating through the air. All they are, if they even touch another person, it'll just cause them an allergy. That one atom Allah's fadl is better than a thousand efforts efforts from the obedience obedient ones that what he gives us that's what we want what comes from ourselves that's of no value to us allah's one atom of favor is much better than a thousand efforts from the obedient ones humility in the path of allah and indigence is better than being proud of one's devotion and obedience the pride in one's devotion and obedience is what it's the way of iblis La'anahullah, uh, Allah Ta'ala curse him and protect us from being like him or being with him in this world or in the hereafter. One should with steadfastness on the deen pray to Allah at all times. O oh my Lord, do not leave me to my nafs for one moment. 
rectify my condition in such a manner that at all times it is in, accord, in accordance with your pleasure until you make my ending on faith. Ameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.